What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the New York Giants have a big decision to make this upcoming offseason with Saquon Barkley. Once again, he's an impending free agent, just like he was last offseason. The Giants ended up franchise tagging him. It definitely rubbed Saquon Barkley the wrong way. He wasn't super happy about it. There were rumors that maybe he would explore a trade. He didn't ever end up doing that, but... The Giants did end up coming to terms on a one-year extension with Saquon Barkley. So once again, one year later, here we are in the same boat as last year. So now, will the Giants franchise tag him for a second time? Well, Saquon Barkley hopes not. If they do that, he's not going to be happy. And the Giants, of course don't have a whole lot of depth in their backfield so what is their solution if Saquon Barkley says you know what screw it I don't want to play here anymore now I know that Saquon Barkley has said endlessly that he wants to be a giant for life but also we know that he wants to be a giant for life at the right price point so if the Giants and Saquon Barkley are unable to come to terms on another extension just like last offseason what happens in the Giants backfield where does Saquon Barkley go and how do they fill the void that might get left behind and even still let's talk about it this way if the Giants do extend Saquon Barkley they still need more help in that backfield they got to add some more talent behind Saquon Barkley in complement to Saquon Barkley I know that Saquon Barkley is a tremendous talent you want him on the field as much as possible but even looking at all of the best running backs in the NFL they are paired with a solid committee they have nice complimentary pieces like even Christian McCaffrey Alex you were just saying before we start recording is the anomaly here he is the superstar running back for an NFL team that's making it deep into the playoffs However, he still has Elijah Mitchell running with him. He still has other solid running backs on that roster alongside him, and most of the best running backs in the NFL have that. They do have solid complementary pieces. So for the New York Giants, I think not only is it important for them to look at the potential free agent and draft prospects at the running back position to prepare for the worst with Saquon Barkley potentially departing. They also need to look at those at this position and some of the talents to add talent alongside Saquon Barkley. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Some of the running back options that will be available in this upcoming offseason, whether we're talking free agency, the draft, there's a lot of options out there. Running backs are often said to be a dime a dozen. Running backs like Saquon Barkley are not a dime a dozen. But adding that complimentary piece for Saquon Barkley, it shouldn't be hard for the New York Giants to finally just go ahead and get that guy to compliment him. And it's been so long without a complimentary piece for Saquon. So, of course, like I said, in today's episode, we're going to talk about potential complimentary pieces and potential replacements if Saquon Barkley does leave. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And before we dive into some of these options to replace or play alongside Saquon Barkley that we've identified, I do want to get your initial thoughts and opinions and kind of take on Saquon Barkley and whether or not you think he is going to resign or how you think this whole contract situation is going to shake out this offseason. Well, in Saquon Barkley's case, I think there's a perception from both sides of the team. You have to look at both perspectives, right? So from the team's perspective, you you know that Saquon Barkley, yes, he scores points. Yes, he, you know, makes an impact, but the Giants don't win games with him. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of other problems than just Saquon Barkley, but I think they may look at the position and say, hey, you know what? Like, we're spending a lot of money um, at running back, but we're still not winning games. Maybe we can spend it better. But my counter to that would be, 
Saquon Barkley is the majority of our offense a lot of times. You're taking a big chunk of our offense out, and you're taking a, a, a leader and a voice out of the locker room, which is an intangible variable that many people overlook sometimes. Um, so w- when you're thinking about Saquon's value to the team, he's a good chunk of our offense, and he's a leader. So you know both of those things are not easily replaceable. However, from Saquon Barkley's perspective, he's not going to settle for the franchise tag again. You know what I mean? Like, he wants a multi-year deal. This is his last chance. He's 26 years old. Running backs decline very quickly when they get past, like, 28 unless you're an anomaly. Um, I think that he his chance to get that money, get that guaranteed money, is right now. And then anything he makes beyond that contract is going to be significantly less. Um, we've already seen him lose a step at times. Like, he isn't the same guy we saw when he was a rookie and, like, just the ridiculous speed and immobility. Not to say he still isn't great, but you can clearly see he's lost at least a little bit of a step. Um, of course, an ACL tear, multiple ankle injuries will do that to you. And most of the time, he's playing through a significant amount of pain to begin with. So, you know, looking at, you know, this past season, he injured his ankle against the Arizona Cardinals. And, like, I guarantee you, he was probably hurting a little bit the rest of the year. He doesn't really fully recover until the offseason. Um, those ankles are problematic. Ligament injuries never fully recover. Bone injuries do. You break a bone, you know, that bone comes back just as strong, if not stronger. But you you hurt your ankles, your, your ligaments. I've had a couple high ankle sprains. And every single time that gets easier and easier to to re-injure those things so you know in Saquon's case I do believe that um you know maybe lost a little bit of a step still an impactful player for us but if the Giants think to themselves like we're thinking long term you know Saquon Barkley we don't want to invest big money and guaranteed money into him we have Daniel Jones's contract we still don't know what's going on there um we want to kind of reset that position and go with a player in the draft or free agency that's cheaper it has a little bit more upside so from the team's perspective if they want to franchise tag him, Saquon Barkley's probably going to hold out, so they can't really tag him. You're going to have to give him an, a free agent contract, or you're going to have to let him walk. And look, if you guys want to hear, like, read through the tea leaves, the Sa- Saquon Barkley at the end of the season said to the media, we haven't had any discussions. I don't know what's going on. His tone has completely changed from loyalty to, I'm going to do what's best for me. I just want a fair deal, right? The fact that the Giants have not even been in contact with Saquon's agents during the season, later on in the season, about a potential extension says everything that we need to know. Um, in my opinion, you know, the fact that they haven't been engaged in it, think how quickly they signed AT and Dexter Lawrence to those extensions. The second that they thought it was the right timing, bam, they extended them and even wait a second. For Saquon Barkley, they've been waiting years to do it. So why would now all of a sudden be the year that they decide we're going to give him a long-term extension, 26 years old, coming off one of our worst seasons in a couple years? So, you know, I feel as though right now the Giants probably are going to move on. I'd say it's about 70-30 the Giants move on and don't give him that big deal. The 30% still there. I I still recognize, and many people do, Saquon's value to the team. But if they want to go in a different direction, there are cheaper alternatives that they can go for one-year deals, or you can go to the draft. And we have a couple of players in mind that could have some upside, contribute, and the, the Giants would save a substantial amount of money in the process and maybe want to allocate it toward other spots, like extending Xavier McKinney, who's younger, obviously proved to be a little bit more durable in the past. Um, but, you know, I'll let you start with a free agent that you have in mind. You know, there's a couple good free agents. Um, and we may end up going more than three running backs. As stated in the title, we had three, but I'm starting to think there might be a little bit more that we will discuss. But, Anthony, I'll let you dive into the first one on your mind. 
Yep, first one on my mind, more of a low-key option, somebody who's not going to cost the Giants a whole lot. Devin Singletary, Houston Texans. If you're looking at his stats from this season, 216 carries, 898 rushing yards, 4 rushing touchdowns, 4.2 yards per carry, which is a really solid number, 30 missed tackles of 2.85 yards after contact, and 23 runs of 10 or more yards. He also contributed 190, 193 receiving yards with the Houston Texans. Now, this is a player that I think makes a lot of sense for the Giants because A, he's not going to break your bank. He's not not going to be, you know, somebody that you sign on a huge multi-million mega deal, but he is a solid running back that can get the job done as a starter and especially as a complimentary piece to Saquon Barkley. He would be a phenomenal number two running back to take pressure off of Saquon's shoulders if the Giants are able to retain Saquon and sign Devin Singletary. Now, why does this make so, so much sense? Well, Singletary used to play for the Buffalo Bills under Brian Dable, was drafted by the regime that featured Joe Shane in the front office. So there's a connection there. We know that the Giants like their connections, like to get players that they're familiar with, like to get coaches that they're familiar with. So I think that Devin Singletary makes sense. If you're looking at it from Brian Dable's perspective, you're thinking, okay, I've kind of built this entire scheme around Saquon Barkley. Now, if Saquon Barkley's not here, I need somebody that I know I can work with, someone that I'm familiar with to kind of step right into that role and get plunged right into that scheme once again. So again, Devin Singletary makes sense. He's developed a lot since his time with Buffalo, and he's really taken on a lead back role for the Texans and proven to be a quality starter. So if the Giants do find themselves in the market for running back without Saquon Barkley, they're going to need a quality starter. Devin Singletary would be exactly that. And again, if the Giants do retain Saquon Barkley, Devin Singletary... While he could be a quality starter, would also be a really good number two back for Barkley. And also, you got to keep in mind, Saquon Barkley, whether they extend him or not, I still think that they need to add more talent to this running back room, especially when you consider his injury history. Saquon Barkley has been injured throughout the majority of his NFL career, so having a quality starter as your number two back, that can't hurt you in the case of the New York Giants if they are still rolling with Saquon Barkley in 2024. So Alex, before I move on to another option, I do just want to hear your quick thoughts and your take on Devin Singletary as an option for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, he was drafted by Joe Shane and, um, you know, Billy Bean, whatever, I don't know, is that his name, in in Buffalo a couple years back. So um, looking over at the familiarity, obviously, Brian Dable has coached him as an offensive coordinator, and Joe Shane probably helped draft him. So, you know, Devin Singletary is an obvious link. Another one we're going to discuss is Zach Moss, um, who had a really good season before Jonathan Taylor returned with the Indianapolis Colts. So another option there. Um, Look, the Giants... There's a way to cut costs here. Singletary is going to cost you next to nothing. Zach Moss is going to cost you a little bit more than Singletary, but also very nominal cost. Saquon Barkley, you're paying a luxury money to the running back position, and the Giants have so many more needs than a running back. But also think about it from Saquon's perspective. Maybe he wants. I know he says he wants to be a Giant for life. But maybe he wants to win games, too. Maybe he wants to go compete for a Super Bowl. Maybe he identifies a team that is taking a big step forward next year, needs that last missing piece. They feel like they need they need to make a run, and he can go actually win football games. Now, I know his family's in New York. I know he wants to stay here for that. Like, there's a lot of different things. His, his kid's probably in school here. Like, you don't want to uplift your whole family and whatnot. This is probably why he's you know, okay taking the tag. and like, But now I think he's kind of getting fed up. He wants to maximize his earnings. We're talking about his family generational wealth. Um, I think he's probably willing to sacrifice moving to, you know, out of New York for generational wealth for him and his family. Um, I think that he could decide to leave. You know what I mean? He probably feels a little bit abused by the Giants right now. I think I would if I were him. You know, you ask 
You do everything you possibly can to be a great face of this organization. You've kept the team together through numerous head coaches that have failed to do their job. You've helped stifle a lot of internal pressure. You've always said the right thing to the media. You just want to be respected, fair, plain and simple. From his perspective, I get it. I understand it. And I sympathize with him significantly because he has done everything right. He has put it all in the field. He's played through injury. He's suffered through the loss, the losing seasons, and he still hasn't cracked, right? right? That's the sign of a really great player, in my opinion, one that has unfortunately been in a tough situation. Um, but look, he could decide, I'm going to go get paid and compete for a Super Bowl. You know, I've earned this. And honestly, I think he has. I think he's earned the right to compete for a Super Bowl, compete for a championship or make the postseason with a good team and get paid. The Giants are not that team. They're not going to probably push for the for a championship next year. They're not probably going to win a lot of games in the postseason. Um, so I think maybe he wants to leave. It's not. This isn't just like the Giants should resign him. It's like, does Saquon even want to stay? Same thing with Xavier McKinney. Does Xavier Xavier McKinney want to stay here? Like, he probably feels a little bit abused, too, because he saw Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence get deals, and he wanted his fair deal, and he thought he was good enough, and he put it on the field, and now he's like, you know what? I showed you guys I could do it. Why didn't you sign me before? Like, we talk about, um, you know, the Giants extending people, but, like, we got to think about the players' perspective, too. They may not want to be here because of, of the moves that we've made in the past, the decisions that we've made. Um, but same time, you know, there are alternatives. They're not going to replace – you're not going to replace Saquon. not going to replace McKinney. But you can try and supplement some of their production and contribution. So I do have one draft pick that I do want to throw out there. I think this could be a late second round, like mid-third round pick. Trey Benson out of Florida State University. I wrote up an article about him yesterday. Guys, go check him out if you haven't heard of this name before. Um, part of the reason why I really like him, I think he's 21 years old. But the thing is, he's six foot one, 211 pounds, and he has one elite trait, if not a couple of elite traits. But the one that Anthony and I both have identified, he has elite contact balance. This guy does not go down on first impact. He's the type of player in Madden. If you're a Madden player, you rush for two or three yards and your guy falls forward three yards. That's the type of player Trey Benson is. He turns a two, three-yard run into a five, six-yard gain. He helps you get closer to the sticks. If it's a two-yard, if, if you need two or three yards for the first down, he's falling forward for a couple extra yards. He's going to get it. I love running backs like this. And look, Saquon's done that in the past, um, but we've also seen him dance a lot in the backfield. He's a home run hitter. Like he, That's what Saquon is so special. He is capable of taking a ball to the house in a blink of an eye and just bam, like he's that good. But Trey Benson's a little bit of a different style. He's a grinder. He'll churn through. He rarely goes down on first contact. And by the way, two variables I love about him. He does not fumble, simply does not turn the ball over. And the second thing I was mentioning to Anthony earlier before we started the episode is that he has very little wear and tear on his body. He's a really young and, and kind of low uh, volume running back at this point in time. He had, I think he transferred and like really got a starting opportunity this past season. He had like 900 yards or maybe he has two, two years of like like average usage. Whereas like if you look at Blake Corum from Michigan, he's 23 years old and is the focal point of that def of that offense. Like he's probably bruised and battered. He has miles and miles and miles of, uh, of usage under his, under his boots right now. Whereas a guy like Trey Benson's pretty fresh. Um, his, not, no like serious injury histories. Like I think that this is a guy that could be a really good fit for us as a nice developmental piece. Maybe he sits behind a guy like Zach Moss or Devin Singletary for a year, compliments him. They kind of, use a tandem and then he graduates into that starter I think that that's probably um, <clears throat> a reasonable option for the Giants if they want to go the direction of the draft a mid-round pick um, but what do you think about that you know looking to the draft the guy like Trey Benson 
really solid player. Not a lot of there's not a ton of attention going around uh, going around about him, but I'll point to a guy last year that we both loved who's been awesome for Tennessee, Tajay Spears. He's been awesome for the Tennessee Titans this past season to complement Derrick Henry at a two-lane mid-round pick. You can get good players in the mid-rounds, especially running backs. Brees Hall was a second-round pick last year, and that dude is a stud. You know what I mean? So I feel like running backs sometimes are overlooked. There's another one I want to discuss after you get your take in on Trey Benson. Yeah, I'll give my take on Trey Benson. I, I will say I think that there's probably more buzz than you realize on Trey Benson. I still I think this kid's going to go in the top 50. So if the Giants do want him, they're probably going to have to spend a second-round pick on him. So it's not really a mid-round pick. It's a day-two pick. So that's where I kind of differ in your uh, take on him. While I think he's a tremendous talent, I mean, all the things that you said hold true. He's got elite contact balance, average three and a half, three and a half yards uh, after contact per carry. Only has 310 uh, attempts over the past two seasons, so low mileage, as you mentioned. Again, a really, really good player. Can run between the gaps, can run outside, can also add some ability in the receiving game. Like This is a complete package, but NFL teams are going to notice that, in my opinion. I do think that this is a player who, when it's all said and done, is going to be pretty highly touted come draft time. I think he's going to wind up in the first three rounds. Now, of course, running backs sometimes get pushed down the board because they're not the most important position, so maybe a top 50 guy falls to become a top 100 guy, and that's possible. So if the Giants are sitting there in the third round and Benson's continuing to slide down the board, I think he makes a ton of sense for them. But in the second round, it's a little bit of a tough sell for me with a running back at that position for the Giants just because they've got a lot of big needs. I like the wide receivers in this class. I think that the wide receiver position should be addressed in round two. I also think interior defensive line is probably a higher priority. But Trey Benson, if he is sitting there in the second round and the Giants like him on their board, yeah, I mean, I would love to have him. I think he could be a game changer for the New York Giants offense if he continues to develop the way he has over the past two years with the Florida, uh, with the FSU Seminoles. And I again, the, the trait that you mentioned there with the contact balance, you could sell me on him because of that. I like guys that are physical and that don't go down easy. And that's what you get with a guy like a Trey Benson. So I'm all in on him. But Alex, like I said, I think his draft stock is going to continue to rise. He is looked at as a top 50 to 100 player in this draft class. And so I do think that you could argue maybe that's not the best allocation of resources for the Giants in this upcoming draft class, a top 100 pick on a running back. But again, we've seen some really solid running backs in the second to third round in the past several seasons. So maybe Benson would be a good pick for the Giants. It's kind of up in the air for how you determine the Giants draft capital should be allocated but who's this next player i know that you have in mind you said that you got another guy you want to discuss so alex let me hear it so the other guy i wanted to throw out there i know a lot of people were uh dming me about him or in my, in my messages yesterday kind of suggesting this is an options audric estime and if you know funny fun fact um he was my neighbor growing up he lived across the street from me and his uh, cousin is actually terrence fide and terrence fide was on the giants for a season so um kind of a funny story there but Audric is a really intriguing player. This dude is a, a horse. I mean, he is a freaking car of a human being. I've seen him in person, and he is made of pure muscle. The guy's body fat percentage must be like 2%. He's 6'1", 215 pounds, and he has like this, you know, like if you ever watch Derrick Henry running, he kind of runs like with his upper body. That's how Audric Estime runs. Like his, he's like 
top heavy upper body is massive, but he has like the running style, like in terms of his legs, like Brandon Jacobs. He's not the size of those guys, but he kind of runs like a blend of them. Um, he's powerful. He's got really solid speed, decent vision at, at, at first contact. And, you know, I think that he's a pretty good player, a, a guy that you could develop into a decent option um, in the NFL. I don't know if he'll be a starter, but I like him as a developmental guy that could end up becoming pretty solid. I mean, this past season, and for what it's worth, if there's anything to like about Audric Estime, he scored 18 touchdowns this past season. The guy just converts goal line touchdowns. He is a goal line monster. Um, so, you know, that's something you love to see because a lot of times teams can't score in the red zone and he scores touchdowns. He's a scorer. Like, that's a good trait to have. Um, <clears throat> I'd say his elite trait is probably that, like, that ability to kind of contact balance as well. Like he does not go down on first impact. And I think that strength is very obvious on paper and very obvious on film. And he's a lot quicker and faster than people give him credit for. So not a bad option for the Giants as well. This is probably more of a third round pick though, in my opinion. Um, Audric Estime, you know, really, really solid player. Whereas Trey Benson may be a second-round guy, I think Audric could be a third-round guy option for the Giants. He's a, Obviously, he's a New Yorker, comes from around here. I think he went to Don Bosco or one of those teams. Um, so, you know, obviously he grew up around this area, knows it. I think he played, like, his high school game or, like, the championship game for his high school um, at MetLife. So, you know, he, he's familiar playing at MetLife. It's kind of cool. Like, it would be a really cool story for him to come full circle. Um, but, you know, decent player, like his upside too, strong as hell, and he's 20 years old. This Like, I'm, I'm telling you guys, you see this person in real life, and he is a tank. Um, he is a big guy, and at 20 years old with, with you know, years of development left, I mean, he could be an absolute bulldozer. Like, you know, who was that guy that we drafted that was out of Boston College? Remember him? Um, and he was like a big dude. He trucked a couple guys a couple years back. Remember who I'm talking Andre about? Andre Williams? It was Andre. I think it was Andre Williams. Yeah, big dude. Yep. Like, he kind of has that frame. Andre Williams just kind of stunk, unfortunately. <laughs> I think Audric could be better. Um, so, you know, interesting player. I know a lot of people probably know about him. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you probably love this guy because he scored 18 touchdowns and had 1,500 yards for you this past season. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely like that option for the Giants as well as a developmental player. Yeah, I like him too. I think, you know, as a developmental player, he's probably going to be a day two to three pick. So if you're talking fourth round, I like uh, Audric Estimate. I think he makes a lot of sense. The selling point for me, you talk about trying to find an elite trait, it's physicality. I think he's got a lot of power in his frame. He's 5'11", 227 pounds. So basically he was born and built to play NFL running back at 5'11", 227. That's exactly what you look for. And he's got that hulking frame. He's got that big bruising mentality and that's what you want if you're the New York Giants and you want a little bit of a change of pace here in your backfield I mean we've got Saquon Barkley who also is built to play running back in the NFL but has a much different style about him plays oftentimes like a scat back in a big guy's body you know does a lot of the dancing and the receiving and the uh, nimble stuff and while I'm not I'm not saying that Aldrich Estime can't do those things he does have a little bit of a fire and an ice to him he can be one of those agile quick you know, force a couple jukes and miss tackles kind of guy. He can do those things, but he also does have that lower your shoulder, fall forward through three players for additional yardage. And I think that's something to take note of with Audric Estime. And I think that's kind of where if you are looking for that speed to power back, one of those guys that can just be a bruiser and a, a, like a three down running back who can really just take a high workload of carries, 
that's my selling point for Audrey Gastamay. You know, with Saquon Barkley, he is a three-down back. He's a four-down back. He never leaves the freaking field for the Giants, but he also does have a lot of wear and tear on his body and suffers a lot of injuries. And also, I think at times, we could all agree that there are fourth-quarter situations or end-of-season situations where Saquon Barkley looks like he's running on empty. It looks like the gas has finally ran out. So again, I'm not even only making these arguments for these running backs saying these are replacement options for Saquon Barkley. They got to get him a complimentary back. Whether you think Eric Gray can be that back or not is still up for debate, but it wouldn't hurt to get another guy in there. And I really think if you want to sell me on Audrick Estime, you're going to sell me on Audrick Estime as a complimentary back to Saquon Barkley because Saquon Barkley is your fire. He's your quick juke guys, you know, and he's still your workhorse back. But I've been saying for the past couple of seasons, Alex, they need to scale back Saquon Barkley's workload. Whether, and I thought they were trying to accomplish that by drafting Eric Gray. Then they just didn't use Eric Gray, which I know we were talking about this morning. I don't understand the lack of usage for him this season. Yes, he had some injuries this year, but even when he was healthy, all they had him do was return punts mediocrely at best. It didn't make much sense to me. Put him in the backfield, get him some live reps as a running back because that's what you drafted him to be. Another mismanaged opportunity here from the New York Giants coaching staff, in my opinion. This one actually really frustrates me because I like Eric Gray and think he's a solid player for the Giants or can be a solid player for the Giants. I know I'm much higher on him than you are, Alex. But even still, with Eric Gray, whether you think he's the solution behind Saquon Barkley or not, it doesn't hurt to have a third guy in there considering how often injured the running back position is not even just for Saquon Barkley running backs in general get hurt a lot it is the most injured position in the sport so adding a third guy in there another young player who can complement these backs makes a lot of sense and again I like Audric Estime because his playing style while it has some similarities to Barkley it really is a lot different than Saquon Barkley so I like the idea of getting that fire and that ice Saquon's your fire Audrey estimates your ice. You need him on the goal line. You need him on short yardage situations. Let him barrel his way forward, fall forward for those first downs. We've seen Saquon Barkley get hit in the backfield a few times over the past couple of years on those short yardage situations, and he doesn't really have that power that he used to to fall forward or make seven guys miss like he did as a rookie, but really fall forward for those short yardage first downs. He doesn't do that as often as he used to. So I think getting a young, powerful, and strong running back in there like an Audric Estime that's my selling point on it you get Saquon for all those home runs that you want to hit but Audric Estimate does that dirty work for Saquon that he shouldn't be asked to do anymore at this stage in his career so Alex before we wrap up I do want to throw out there one last free agent uh, acquisition or option for the Giants it's Zach Moss Zach Moss looked like he was turning into a star for the Indianapolis Colts at one point this season then Jonathan Taylor came back and he kind of reminded everybody who the real star of the show is over in Indianapolis. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's just on a different level. When he's healthy, he's a freak of nature. Like, he is one of the top running backs in the NFL. But Zach Moss was starting to develop into a really quality starter. Not on the level of a Saquon, not on the level of a Jonathan Taylor, but still on the level of an upper half of the NFL running back, right? Like, a good quality starter. And so I think that Zach Moss is probably going to get a nice payday this offseason. I think he's bound to leave Indianapolis. I don't think he wants to play second fiddle to John. Jonathan Taylor after, honestly, he kind of earned that starting job and they just gave it right back to Taylor. Um, so I, I, I could see Zach Moss having a lot of motivation to leave in the offseason and potentially go to a situation that maybe has a clean slate available at the running back spot. And so I think that with Saquon Barkley, if he does leave in free agency, this is more one of those options that's not supposed to be a compliment to Saquon, but more of a replacement for Saquon. I think Zach Moss at 26 years old, 
doesn't have the most mileage on him because he has been second fiddle to Jonathan Taylor. I think he makes a lot of sense to be that Saquon Barkley replacement. One of those guys who you know is high quality and still has room to grow can be your starter for a full 17 games. Alex, what are your thoughts on Zach Moss if Saquon Barkley does depart in free agency? I like Zach Moss as a good option. He's also 26 years old, going to be significantly cheaper. Um, What I like the most about him is he has three fumbles in four seasons, so he protects the ball really well. Um, This past season, you know, 794 yards on 183 attempts. Um, you know, with an average of 4.3 yards per carry, so not bad. He started the season absolutely on fire. He had 4.9 yards per carry in week one, 4.1 in week two, 3.9 in week three, and then 7.2, 165-yard performance with two touchdowns. Um, Actually, sorry, two rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns over 23 attempts. So, you know, he has the capacity to go off. He has the capacity to have a massive game every now and again. Um, And then when Jonathan Taylor came back, as he referenced, his stuff kind of fell off. Why? No rhythm. I think running backs need rhythm for the most part. So he was now playing second fiddle. And, you know, he had a couple of pretty uh, productive games against Tampa Bay in week, what, I don't know, must have been like week 12 or something. He had 55 yards on eight rushes, 6.9 yards um, per reception. So, you know, you're looking at a really, really good player. By the way, before I said two receiving touchdowns, he had just two receptions, not two receiving touchdowns. So the two rushing touchdowns still stand. But he's a good player. Decent option. I, I think that if you wanted like a kind of like what Tampa Bay did with the ba- with Baker Mayfield this year, if you wanted like a transition running back for a season, Zach Moss could be a really good option for you, especially if you want to pair him with like a draft pick like an Audrick or like a Trey Benson. And that way you can kind of lessen the load. Um, you have a nice combo punch there. And then ideally your running back, your rookie running back kind of works his way into the system. I like how the Lions did it with Jameer Gibbs. I like how the Falcons did it with B. John Robinson. They did not give them full reign of the offense immediately. They actually like kind of worked them in, found their way in, found their system, found kind of what works, and then created a blend. And Bijan obviously still a little bit unsure because the Falcons had a really weird offense, but you're seeing Jameer Gibbs has fully taken uh, control of his role. And his role alongside Jordan Montgomery, they have a really awesome one-two punch there. And I think that not only does that preserve Jameer Gibbs' value because his longevity is now going to increase substantially. He doesn't take as many hits. You know, he's kind of a smaller guy, a little bit thinner, um, more of a speed option. And I think, like, the other teams are figuring out, like, you can draft running backs first in the first round or you can draft running backs high or spend money on running backs you just have to have the right system to apply them because otherwise you're going to run them into the ground like the Giants have done with Saquon Barkley. They've just murdered the guy. I feel bad for him. Um, but if you have that other decent running back that can take the pressure off, you find a good balance, you can you can operate with a lot more comfort knowing that your running back isn't going to die in week five. So I kind of feel like some teams have figured it out. The Giants may be heading in that direction as well. And Zach Moss is not a bad option to pair with another player if Saquon does move on. Yeah, and for what it's worth, those two giant Super Bowl teams that we've seen in our lifetime, they had a really good duo of running backs. Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs. Bradshaw being your more shifty kind of scat, like receiving back, who can be elusive and make plays out in space. And then, of course, we all know Brandon Jacobs. Just a freight train. 
just run forward, put his head down, put his shoulder down, and kill people. That was Brandon Jacobs' whole MO, and we loved that. That was New York Giants football. Growing up, that's what New York Giants football was encapsulated, was in Brandon Jacobs' playing style. That punch you in the face for 60 minutes, make your mouth bleed. I love that. I miss that. I'm not. This is not any knock to Saquon Barkley. He's a different type of Giants football. I love what he brings, leadership qualities and everything. But I do miss having one of those punch-you-in-the-mouth-for-60-minute guys in the backfield. So even if Saquon Barkley's back next season, get me a punch-you-in-the-mouth guy to pair alongside him. I don't think Eric Gray is that. Eric Gray is more of the Bradshaw archetype, more of those shifty guys. He's not a punch-you-in-the-mouth guy. But Audric Estime, who we mentioned, Alex, you just mentioned David Montgomery. That's a really good example for the Detroit Lions. If the Giants can go out into free agency and find a player like that, to play alongside Saquon Barkley or in the draft to play alongside Saquon Barkley or take over for Saquon Barkley. I do really like those bruising brawler running backs that do wear down a defense can actually make a a linebacker feel their presence. You know, like very rarely do you have a running back who makes a linebacker wear down, but sometimes every now and then you get one of those big hulking running backs that wears down the opposing linebackers. Those guys make a big difference off of the stat sheet. Doesn't show up in the box score, but it shows up at the end of the game when your opposing linebacker has bruises all over his chest and stomach. That's the kind of stuff that I love. Um, And again, it just reminds me of what Giants football is meant to be. But sadly isn't anymore but yeah it pretty much wraps this one up i mean it's good discussion on saquon barkley what his future could be with the new york giants what it could not be and really what could happen in the giants running back room if saquon barkley leaves and even if he doesn't again i'm going to continue to bang this point home and say like even if saquon barkley's back here they gotta add more talent to the running back room i said it last offseason i was happy that they went and drafted eric gray but then they didn't freaking use him he barely played so maybe they just don't like eric gray maybe they drafted him they missed their evaluation they don't think he's gonna pan out so they didn't want to utilize him whatever the problem is there with eric gray either they give him a serious opportunity to play in 2024 or they go out there and they add another running back to this mix and again i think that we just listed some really solid options for the Giants to add to this mix, whether Barkley is there or not. But of course, it's going to be interesting to see what the Giants decide to do here at running back, what they do at offensive coordinator. If Mike Kafka leaves, I'm going to slip that in here before this episode ends. Kafka has his second head coaching interview with the Seattle Seahawks today. So he's kind of circling in. He's getting or circled in as one of the finalists for that job now again. So Kafka could be on his way out. We got to actually absolutely have a discussion about what the Giants are going to do at offensive coordinator if Kafka leaves in the coming days. But that pretty much wraps this one up. Make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one, and let's go Giants.